What does it mean to seal juvenile records? Why is it important? And what does it have to do with China? These are some of the questions we'll be talking about in this episode of the Duehua podcast, John Cam Remembers Encounters with China. I'm your host, Rebecca Enoch, and today I'm talking with John Cam, a businessman turned human rights advocate and the founder of the Duehua Foundation, and retired Judge Leonard Edwards, one of the distinguished experts who participated in quite a number of Duehua's expert exchanges. Duehua conducts a unique form of advocacy for at-risk detainees in China and is the only NGO able to submit prisoner lists directly to the Chinese government and receive written responses. Fifteen years ago, Duehua expanded the mission to include juvenile justice. And since that time, Duehua has conducted work on multiple fronts around the topic. A key part of that work has been hosting expert exchanges between juvenile justice practitioners from the United States and China's Supreme People's Court, both in person and virtually. Hi, John and Judge Edwards. I want to welcome both of you to the podcast. A special thank you to you, Judge Edwards, for making time to share your expertise on this subject and speak about your impressions of the impact the expert exchanges have had on juvenile justice in the U.S. and China. Hello, Rebecca. Judge Edwards, I know you're a recognized expert in the field of the sealing of records in regards to juvenile justice. But before we get into how that connects to the exchanges in China, can you briefly explain for our listeners what the terms sealing of juvenile records means and why it's so important? Well, to understand the answer to that question, Rebecca, we have to start with the fact that most countries in the world, and certainly including the United States and China, accept the fact that children are different than adults. Now, that may seem like a silly comment, but time was when children were treated by the justice system the same as adults. Now it is recognized that children can be rehabilitated, and rehabilitation is the foundation for the juvenile courts in the world. Rehabilitation means that when they become adults, they are able to live a life free of the records that they may have accumulated because of their juvenile conduct. This may be the most important part of rehabilitation because there are many, many stories of young people having committed a crime and then later in life as adults, the record of that crime pops up and they are denied access to higher education, to service in the armed forces, to employment opportunities. Now, your question of what is sealing a record goes right to this rehabilitative point that I just made. Once a record has been sealed in most jurisdictions, that means it cannot have an impact on the future of that young person. Well, so in 2014, Duehua held a seminar in Beijing specifically focused on record sealing. John, can you tell me how that came about? So this was a natural extension, and the Chinese actually did ask for this. Uh, We had touched upon this in previous exchanges, and Judge Edwards uh, had uh, spoken uh, of it. They asked for a a full session, uh, bearing in mind that they were, in fact, considering and eventually did incorporate sealing of records into their own law. So what stands out in in my memory is, well, first of all, the uh, cooperation by all parties. There were um, something like 40 judges. They came in from all over China to hear Judge Edwards. That really uh, was a standout. And people pitched in. Now, another thing that struck me was the uh, support we got from the U.S. Embassy. 
Now, Melody Haynes, uh, who's a friend of uh, Judge Edwards, the uh, uh, wife of the American ambassador, Max Baucus, who I know quite well from when his, he was in the Senate, and uh, we got to know each other. So they supported us. You know, it's not every day that you get an American ambassador to show up at your program. <laughs> One memory does stand out. Judge Edwards very much wanted to see where uh, records were kept. By the way, not just juvenile records. These were records of adults and juveniles. And so they did take us uh, to that uh, room down in the basement, and it was filled with uh, shelves and boxes of records. And Judge Edwards said, hey, can I have a look (laughs) at some of the records? And uh, no, no, they wouldn't let that happen. I guess in this country, we wouldn't have let them look at juvenile records, but I guess adult records is a matter of public record. Well, no look for you in the mysterious boxes, Judge Edwards. Other than the denial of examining the contents of those boxes, what are some of the standout moments for you from that 2014 exchange? Well, this was rather remarkable. I've been involved with juvenile law for many years. My judicial career, an attorney before that, and I did a study with my wife on the way the law worked in California. Now, I should set aside and say that every state in the United States has a different law regarding record sealing. You also have to understand that record sealing is not the gold standard. The gold standard is destruction of records so that no one can have access to them. We did a study of record sealing practices in California and This is back in the 1970s, and we discovered it was not working well. Ever since then, I've been involved in legislation, and I've suggested legislative changes that different members of the uh, California Assembly and Senate have picked up on. And so it is now known that we have in California the best record sealing and destruction law in the country. I also should tell you that I have given many speeches, over six or 700 Uh, invited speeches around the country and around the world in 13 foreign countries. I will tell you now that no discussion of record sealing or destruction has ever taken place in any of those venues except in China. And so here I was sitting down at a table in San Mateo County, surrounded by about five or six Chinese judges, plus the chief judge of the juvenile court in China. And they, they made no bones about it. They wanted to know about record sealing. And this was so important to me that here is a country that understands that rehabilitation can be achieved, but only if there is a good record sealing law. And so we went back and forth for at least 40 minutes. And this was their second visit. And what followed was the invitation to go to China and the meeting that John described when we had judges from all over China discussing record sealing and record destruction. I was so impressed. They persuaded me that they understood rehabilitation and that record sealing was a critical component of rehabilitation. And so we talked about different laws and and different ways of structuring it. And the main idea was to make it automatic because the young people simply weren't prepared to go to court, file a petition, do the different steps that the petition required, and then go before a judge. And so that was the big issue 
in the California law, and my belief is that the Chinese followed this suggestion. Let's automatically seal a record or destroy a record at a certain point in the young person's life. And we chose the year 18. And I was so impressed. The Chinese thought the same way we did. They understood that automatic sealing was the gold standard. It's the way that their country wanted to go. And I believe that they adopted the best practices that we suggested to them. That's great. So my magic moment is understanding the Chinese approach to their children. And I just wish we could have more conversations like this, like I had with the Chinese in other states and in other countries. And I haven't seen it coming yet, but I haven't given up. I just published another article on my website, judgeleonardedwards.com, about record sealing. I will continue to push for changes. And I'd love to have a further conversation with the Chinese about this, that I'd like to know whether they continue to address this issue so that they have an effective record sealing slash destruction program in their country. Your passion on the issue is, is very clear, and it's clear why you're an expert on this subject. Thank you so much. Um, John, in 2017, you traveled again to China, to Shenzhen, with a delegation led again by Judge Edwards. And so what was different about this exchange from the 2014 one we were just talking about? The uh, 2017 program did take place in Shenzhen. And again, it involved a lot of Chinese judges coming in, and we were looking at the reforms in the juvenile justice system. It was a very stimulating back and forth discussion. We talked about many subjects, including very sensitive subjects, by the way. In China, for instance, migrant children, so-called left-behind children, and that was a topic for discussion. Also, uh, there was some discussion of the treatment of minorities in the two systems. So it really was uh, quite a, a fulsome a program. Now, what I remember about that is that we went to a number of sites. Bao'an is a county just uh, north of uh, Sunjun. And we visited their uh, training and education facility for the juveniles. Now, that left a big impression. They would play games with the children, engage with them. And I was very impressed with that. And so were the other delegates. We had, the Americans had a pretty big delegation too. Uh, we had a very senior Chinese judge uh, come down from Beijing for this, who was in charge of the whole research department of the Supreme Court. And uh, he was there. It was another big success for our efforts to engage the Chinese on uh, juvenile justice reform. And Judge Edwards, as I understand it, discussions between the American and Chinese delegation were quite lively, as John kind of alluded to, with conversations spilling into the hallway in between sessions. Can you tell me more about the topics of those conversations and anything that struck you about the Chinese approach or thinking on the issue? Well, I'll start by saying I have never been involved in such an exchange of ideas at such a high level in any country, much less the largest country in the world in terms of population. John asked me to identify and invite several experts from the juvenile justice system around the country. So we had a team of four presenters, myself included, including a San Francisco judge, Roger Chan, and two national experts from Washington, D.C. They each one had a prepared set of comments, just as four Chinese judges 
spoke to a number of issues, and we discussed what topics we were going to cover before the conference. And once we started those topics, the Chinese and the Americans put on the table a menu of issues that impacted both countries. We prepared ahead of time. This was not keynote speeches. This was not hot air. This was substantive issues that we exchanged our ideas on before the conference started. By the way, John, I remember we had uh, Hong Lee, one of the uh, leading law school professors who wanted to participate also. He couldn't, but he was very much very active with all of us because he was interested in juvenile law in China. But that exchange in 2017 was something that I'd never experienced before because it was so well planned. And I give John great credit because we wouldn't have been there if John hadn't worked out with his good contacts in China to get this to happen. And it was the topic of juvenile justice that spurred the interest of the Chinese. And I was so glad we were able to have this exchange of ideas. We had many, many topics. I was able to talk to judges about the imprisonment of women, what they were doing on this issue, on that issue. And then we had a roundtable afterwards, just maybe 20 Chinese judges and 10 of us. This was a highlight in my judicial career. And when people talk to me about, well, what are you doing in this country? I can say it wasn't like China. In China, we had interested judges who wanted to improve outcomes for their children. And that's what juvenile judges should be doing. So what were the important outcomes or impacts from those two visits and the conversations that you all and the other delegates had with the Chinese delegation? Well, I know they changed their laws because when I asked the law professor that John and I both know, he started ticking off the different laws that they passed. Now, the implementation of those laws, that's a much more difficult question because China's very big. We were talking to the leaders in the biggest cities. You know, China has not had a juvenile court for that long. We've had it for 125 years, but they have not. And so that's why I think the dialogue has to continue. We have to ask them, what have you done? And secondly, how have the changes, the new laws been implemented? And what else would you like to do? And we're prepared to say the same thing. That is to say, here's what we started with. Here's what we, the laws we implemented. And we think that we've made progress. For example, yesterday, over the weekend, the governor signed a bill that I had working with my colleagues had submitted to the governor on certain issues in child welfare. So we've been not just in juvenile justice, but also in child welfare. We have been working to improve our system. And that's why the dialogue with China is so interesting, because I'd like to talk to them about what changes they've made and how effective they've been. And John, do you have anything to add? Any challenges or sticking points that came up behind the scenes? Well, not really. It went exceptionally smoothly, I thought. What struck me was uh, we spent a full day going around to different sites. We also went to a court and visited with the court staff. I also remember that we were able to to speak to uh, one of the uh, reformed juvenile offenders who had come to join us, and that was very impressive. But it, it went very well. And it contributed to future exchanges, you know. So, so now uh, this was our fifth exchange. 
By then, it was uh, a feature, I should say, of uh, U.S.-China relations, U.S.-China dialogues. It was well known by the U.S. government and the Chinese government as a success story. John, you might mention that uh, we also had an, an online discussion with four Chinese judges and four of our judges and uh, social service experts on child welfare law in the United States and in China. And it was, I think, an absolute success because we explained how our child welfare system works. And some people call it dependency, abused and neglected children who cases appear in the juvenile court. And the uh, I thought that the conversation was very sophisticated. Let's face it, folks, we have the same problems that China has. These are family problems. These are about delinquent kids. These are about kids who have been abused or neglected. And our society is prepared to discuss that at a very high level, at the judicial level and the social worker level, about how we can improve our practice. I'm just so impressed that you were able to open the door to China and to its judiciary. And I look forward to uh, additional uh, exchanges. Yes, indeed. That uh, particular exchange, I believe, was the eighth juvenile justice exchange. And so we've had altogether nine so far since 2008. And uh, we're thinking of what can we do next? And Judge Edwards and I will be putting our heads together on that. You know, I have to say this, though. I really miss the days when the two countries could engage on sensitive issues like the rights of the child. Today, the relationship just is, is not what it used to be. I'm hoping that we see some improvement in relations in the coming weeks because there will be a meeting, the APEC meeting in San Francisco, and we're hoping that President Xi will come and meet with President Biden. That's the kind of high-level engagement we need to move forward. We can discuss even sensitive issues in the area of human rights, not only prisoners, although that's very important, but other issues as well, like juvenile justice, women in prison, and uh, other matters. So I'm, I have high hopes for this uh, summit, and I'm looking forward to writing more about it after the summit takes place. Well, thank you both for sitting down with me today and sharing your expertise and your experiences around the subject of juvenile justice and expert exchanges with and in China. If you missed one of our previous podcast episodes, they are all available on our website or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Thank you again, John and Judge Edwards, for your time and your thoughtful perspectives on how to have a productive and an impactful human rights dialogue with China. Thank you. Thank you, Rebecca. And I also just want to say a big thank you to our regular listeners and supporters. If you are new to our podcast and like what you heard today, please subscribe and stay updated as new episodes come out.